Welcome to Gold Star Classroom, the podcast where our panelists go back to school. I'll grade them on their answers to a variety of general knowledge and trivia questions. They don't know what I'm going to ask, and I don't know what they're going to say. The student with the highest grade at the end of today's class will win the coveted classroom prize, the Golden Banana. I'm your host and professor, Dr. Jerry Joffe. Welcome to today's episode of Gold Star Classroom. I'm your host and headmaster, Dr. Jerry Jaffe, and it's my pleasure to introduce today's students. Sitting on my left is comedian Steve Sabo. Oh, hi. Yeah, say something. I forgot, I forgot uh, we're actually on, yeah. on radio, yes. so I should probably say something. Please instead, do. Instead of nodding my head. I, Hello! I, you, you do have very nice sunglasses with you, but no one else can appreciate them. Oh, they're down here. Even, That's true. Even you forgot. Yeah, I was like, am I wearing sunglasses right now? I'm not wearing sunglasses. We're indoors. Setting directly across from me is comedian and Academy Award-nominated filmmaker Tom Hoffbauer. Hi. Hello, Tom. Good to be here. Welcome to class. I didn't bring my sunglasses. I'm okay. sorry. I didn't know that this Sunny was out. Yes. yes. Well, you have to sit on the other side of the classroom with the non-sunglasses-wearing students. And sitting on my right is professional wrestling legend Dr. Jerry Graham, Jr. Emeritus. Emeritus. <laughs> <laughs> You're, you're still a legend. You're a living legend. Thank you. And thank you for coming to class. Um, at the, in this class, we'll have two doctors. Dr. Graham, how many PhDs do you have? Well, I hate to brag or blow my own horn, but I do have four PhDs, eight master's degrees, 16 bachelor's degrees, and 19 associate's degrees from major colleges and universities around the country and around the world. It's truly safe to say I've quenched my thirst for knowledge at some of the finest fountains of learning available. Wow. I got nothing. I'm going to have to give Tom Tom and Steve a bonus 100 points just to try to catch up with Dr. Graham during today's class. Yeah, (laughs) that'll be, uh, I think think we need a handicap. That's going to be a handicap. Just on that alone, yeah. Wow. Because as my my students listening at home know, on this show, I'm going to ask you questions across the breadth and width of human learning, and then like any good teacher would, I will grade your answers. And the student with the highest score at the end of the class will receive the coveted classroom prize, the golden banana. Are you? I, I've I'm ready. That. I've I, had that once. I love the <laughs> classroom. I was. Uh, it was. It was. Uh, it, it felt good. It felt good. It really does. It feels good to have the banana. Yeah. Yeah. That's not. That's not a, a little closer to the other side. That's not. Yes. Did you give the banana to anybody else after you got? The well, banana? it's a. It's. It's a non... It's like the Stanley Cup. It travels with the class, yeah, and your I name see. is yeah. engraved. I see. Like I was... Right. I, didn't, yeah. I don't actually have it like on a mantle or anything. Oh, right. Right. I just have the knowledge of knowing that it was mine <laughs> at one point in time. Is it on your resume? Uh, it, it will be, when I, okay. if I ever have to redo <laughs> yeah. my resume. It's like the championship belt in wrestling. They put your name on it, but when you lose it, you've got to pass it on to the next person. There you go. Put your name's on the belt that at one time you had at it. There you go. Have they attached a banana to a belt yet? Yeah, have you done that? Because that would be No, nice. this isn't that kind of podcast. A holster, perhaps? No. Um, since this episode is being recorded in Toledo, Ohio, I have a question germane to local history, and that is this. Who is Donald Thomas? And this is a person in mm. the realms of Toledo is famous for something. Is this just we're supposed to, if we know the answer, blurt it if out? If you know the answer, blurt yeah. it out. I don't know the answer. I just know <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, my plus five points for clarifying what was going on for all of the students. Okay. That, uh, Donald Thomas. Uh, is he related to Danny Thomas in some way? No. 
Oh, that that's a good no, guess. No, that's a good guess, though. I was Except thinking... Nobody uh, related to Danny Thomas and Toledo was named Thomas. You understand that. His real yes. name is Jacob. Look at yes. <laughs> well, I was thinking maybe uh, related to the guy that founded Wendy's from Columbus. Ah. You know, that's Dave Thomas. Um, Donald Thomas, there's something he's famous for, which I will tell you now, and then there's something he's famous for in Toledo. The thing mm. that he's most famous for, and this is actually a clue for why he's related to Toledo, is... He was a shuttle astronaut who oh. went on four missions. And on one of his missions, he did something that only Toledoans could possibly care about. He ate a Tony Paco's hot dog. Gold star Tom Hoffbauer. Thank, Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say something. He put a bun on the moon or first something. First hot dog yeah. in space. Yes. Really? Uh, yes, it was the first um, meat product consumed in space by wow. astronauts. The first meat product yes. completely, like yes, not even. Yeah, because I usually like make pastes and things yeah. like that for their food. This yeah. is Tony. Is actually Tony Paco's sauce. I don't know that the hot dog per se was a Tony Paco's dog, but specifically the chili sauce. How about that? Mm-hmm. Did not know that. Does he have a bun signed at the restaurant? He does, and there's a photo of him as well. Oh. Um, well, he should if if he's promoting it in space. Right. Yes. Yeah. The shuttle program like started this program where the astronauts could bring like one personal item, mm. and it was supposed to like add like some personality to the missions. Like Survivor. Yes, a little bit, and that was his personal item was Tony Paco's meat sauce. I think I take a toothbrush. <laughs> that would be my. Personal. I think they have teeth toothbrush. I think they have like a mouth vacuum that just sucks everything up. Because if you brushed well, your teeth, you'd have like the slobules of spit true. and toothpaste. Yeah, well, well, Tony Paco hot dog, you have sauce. I was thinking all Oof. over the place as well. They, you yeah. know what? They had to specially process it to they make put, it. Did they edible. put it into a tube? Did they? Have they had to? it in like a like a what we think of as a ketchup package. Like it was like oh, yeah. pressed down into a package like that. Yes. Interesting. Huh. Well, you already got points. I'm, I'm on my way to a golden banana. You're you are right. on your way to a golden banana. Yes, that's the trick, though. The points don't uh, the points don't always add up correctly. You just get <laughs> well, the, the calculations somehow. are very complicated. I can't sure. explain all the math to you now. Check my blog later for okay. the. All right. Well, that was just a quick and fun question. Let me ask. Get into a different topic. I am going to tell you two dates, and these two dates have something in common, and then I can add more to it as we talk about it. What do the dates of March 1st and November 1st have in common, if you can think of it? Equinoxes of some sort? Uh, not specifically, but that is also a good guess. See. The, in the good guess go- column, you are getting a lot of points. Okay, right good, now. good. Yes. All right. <laughs> say, is, is the equinox the same thing as like the, the longest day of the Ooh. year? Yeah. Uh, n- it's not the same thing. The equinoxes are the two times of the year that the days are half like half day, half night, like the most equal days of day nights of the year. That's like right, okay. Ab- e- and, and then the solstice is summer solstice is the longest day of the year, and the winter solstice is the longest night of the year. Gotcha. Well, March is spring and November is fall, so right. it can't be that. Right. No. Nope. <sighs> Let's see here. I will give you another clue. Did I say March first and November first? Yes. They also have something in common with March twenty fifth. Those three dates have something in common. Dr. Graham, any guesses? I haven't a clue. Oh, all okay. days that will live in infamy. <laughs> <laughs> After this podcast, they will all live in infamy. That's true. Uh, the Ides of March is the 15th. Correct. Right? So it's we not are. that. Ides of November is the 15th. Correct. Yes. Every, the Ides of every The Ides of June is the 15th. Correct. In the ro- old Roman calendar, every month had an Ides, which was the midpoint of the month. So it uh. wasn't always the 15th because their months were really wacky because they weren't like even, but... 
Right. Every month. He had an IDES. Oh. First of March 1st. March 1st, November 1st. And got nothing. March 25th. Um, Obscure Christian holidays. Um, holidays do intersect with some of them, but that's not the exact thing which links them. I will give you one more clue, but this is like the letting the cat out of the cage. You have a cat in a cage? <laughs> Isn't Didn't you hear that noise earlier? I heard something. I didn't think there was a... That's a cat in a cage. I'll bet because. you five bucks that this clue's not going to help us. <laughs> right. I, I think that's a pretty safe bet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, but remember, Dr. Graham, if you don't know, you can also just say something. Um, that's what most of my students do anyway. All right, November 1st, March 1st, March 25th, and January 1st all have something in common. Yeah, that didn't help at all. No, not a bit. As predicted. Right, exactly. Uh, Someone owes me five bucks. <laughs> somebody no, owes somebody I'm five bucks. I'm the one to put up five that you guys wouldn't know, uh, or I might, I wouldn't know. Because if I knew, I couldn't say it because then I'd lose the bet. So. <laughs> right, right, right. I really right. disqualified right. myself from the end. Let's see. November 1st is All Saints Day. It right? is. That yeah. is correct. And it used to be another holiday before that. A pre-Christian holiday. Was that you talking about the uh, Day of the Dead? Walpurgis like Night. Sam Hain. Yeah. You know, Sam Hain and January 1st have something in common. I have no idea. Well, January 1st is famous for something. New Year's Day. New Year's Day. Correct. Yeah. And all of these dates are years of no. New Year's of somebody. Ah, correct, Steve Sable. Wow, good job. Ten gotcha. points for Steve Sable. Okay. All Thanks, right, so. good. I feel good about that. Yeah. How many points did he get for the last one? He had a gold star. Oh, so no gold, points? What, no, what, no points. What star? You get a star and no points. I don't, sure. Wow. What calendars are these? With the um, Throughout world history and different cultures, New Year's Days have been on different dates. Well, who was so, November 1st? November 1st as the uh, Neo-Pagans. The, the Neo-Pagans? Yes, because for the old Celtic Druids, it was Samhain, uh-huh. but that was not officially their New Year Day. Gotcha. But the Neo-Pagans have adopted it. As not a, to be confused with the old pagans. Correct. These are the new I get the neo-pagans confused with the neo-conservatives. Yes. So that's a <laughs> I always get, a, I get worked up on the neo-Nazis part, too. Oh, oh yeah. I, mean, I, I never figure about out that. which one is the right neo. I, I, <laughs> or the I guy been, from the Matrix. That I guy's also a neo. neo. <laughs> the March 1st was the New Year's Day of the old Roman calendar. So, okay. So 30 seconds ago when we were talking about the Ides of March, on that calendar, ah. their first day of the year was March 1st. Gotcha. And March 25th was the New Year's Day of the old British calendar. Really? Yes. Hmm. How old? British calendar? Like, as about, as like, recently as the 1700s. Really? Yes. So which oh. New Year is the New Year associated with, with the Christian uh, <clears throat> uh, practice of Christmas? Because Christmas apparently was not always... The birth of Christ didn't really happen in right. December, correct? Well, the... The holiday that is called Christmas now is an example of when, as the Christians spread across Europe and other parts of the world, one of the things they did successfully was adopt other people's holidays. So they would say, oh, well, you celebrate this holiday on this day? Well, that also happens to be a Christian event, and then it would become merged ah. together. I do that a lot so when I'm in a Easter conversation with... Ishtar. Ishtar was Ishtar. Not the movie. Right. <laughs> in Ishtar, they used eggs and bunnies and stuff in their ceremonies. Oh, so when the okay. Holy Roman right. Empire uh, absorbed, uh, making Easter the right. uh, celebration of the death and resurrection of Christ, they brought the 
Ishtar people in and let them put in their bunnies and eggs to go with it. And if you think of Christmas as like basically being the middle of the darkest part of winter, a lot of European cultures have a, it's the middle of winter, we should light some candles or put up some fires or Christmas trees Mm -hmm. and have a little celebration. And the Romans had the old holiday around that time called the Saturnalia, which was a big celebration Mm -hmm. as well. So in some ways, Christmas... Oh, and then the the Jews have uh, Hanukkah. Correct. With the lighting of candles. Right. Um, While speaking of um, Jewish culture, all of the... Oh, I want to answer a different question. Now there's like two or three things on the table. Can I just finish you asking about like when did the British have this different... Yeah. So January 1st became New Year's with the Gregorian calendar, which was uh, officially adopted... uh, by the church in 1582. Those are monks, right? The Gregorian yes. monks that came yeah. over that? And then mm-hmm. that slowly spread across Europe as like the standard calendar. But the British, you know, have didn't get along well with the Catholics and the Catholic Church refused to adopt it. Mm. So there's like a 200-year period from the 1500s to the 1700s that they were maintaining their own calendar with a different New Year's Day on it. Mm. And then finally in the 1750s, they... We're dragged into the 15th century. (laughs) (laughs) Kicking and screaming. Yes. (laughs) Now, you brought up Jewish culture. There are several cultures around the world, including the Jewish culture, where New Year's Day is not a specific day. It's like a floating day. Hmm. Um, That is because those calendars were the old lunar calendars, which Mm -hmm. go on the moon cycle, and that doesn't actually sync up with, like, the solar calendar. So the dates and holidays float around. Does anyone know the formula for determining when the Jewish New Year is? The E equals MC squared? (laughs) That's close. A squared plus B squared equals C squared? (laughs) A couple formulas that I know. And the New Coke. Well, what is the name of Jewish New Year? Rosh Hashanah. Five points for Dr. Graham. He was right on it. I think he was ready for that. He knew that was coming. Well, you know what you don't. (laughs) I play trivia with some people, and they say, that's an easy question. It's easy because you knew the answer. There you go. It's hard if you don't know the answer. Why do people, when they can't answer a question, why do they always say, that's a really good question? Why don't they say, that is a really bad question? (laughs) You mean like the question about these random dates? All bad questions. Bad questions. I understand. No taken. There's someone where you know it, and you go, like like when I watch Jeopardy sometimes, like I always thought Jeopardy should be called oh yeah i knew that because <laughs> it's like oh it's uh it's uh yeah yeah right uh, yeah, right yes. that's that's it yeah um russia san dr graham tell us how to pronounce that again russia i got tongue tied thank you russia shana um i got tongue tied i apologize um it's technically supposed to be or say traditionally supposed to be celebrating the anniversary of an event the creation of the world more specific but yes it is part of the uh Genesis story of the creation of the world, but there's like a specific event that happened. The day he rested? No, the, something he did before he rested. I like that you checked the notes. Went first to the bathroom. Well, that's why that I have a lesson plan. <laughs> the day he went to the bathroom. <laughs> then he. Uh, he created man. The day Correct. He created man. Yep, you get 25 Adam and Eve points. Nice. It's supposed to celebrate the. I got a gold star. You got 30 points. I got, I got 35 points. Well, you both have an extra 100 points. Oh, that's just true. Just to keep yeah. it handicapped right. with Dr. Graham. Don't right, forget. right, I'm right. I'm a very intelligent man. You can see that. I know nothing about nothing. You got Rosh Hashanah. <laughs> um, do you know when Rosh Hashanah is on the calendar? How about just in general? What time of the year does it usually occur? In the fall. In the fall. I think it's October, isn't it? Sometime Could be in any, October. This year it's going to be in September. 
It it has to fall between September fifth and October fifth. That's like uh-huh. the, the da- range of dates that it has to be in. It is uh, considered one hundred and sixty three days after the first day of Passover. Oh. 163? Yes. Is there a reason for that yeah. number? I'm sure it has something to do with old lunar calendars, mm. but I don't know the exact rationale behind that. And I, I will add, just as an interesting footnote, probably my, only my students listening at home would care about this, it is always arranged that the Jewish New Year is not Sunday, Wednesday, or Friday. I don't know what hmm. kind of massaging of the calendar they do or who makes this decision, but it's not allowed to be on one of those three days. Not Sunday, Wednesday, or Friday. Yes. So, that's weird. It, why not? It's, it's every other day, but... Right, the other four days, and they're alternating days. Even right? Saturday? Yes, but of course, with the Jewish calendar, the days, especially for holidays, follow sunset and sunrise. But so isn't Saturday might the, be the Jewish Sabbath? About, yeah, Friday yeah. night to Saturday night is the right. Sabbath. And so, if not, uh, would they, the question was, would they, you, you said Monday, I never heard this before, right. Monday, Wednesday, and Sunday... So if they, would they have it on well, Sabbath? Well, I would encourage any rabbinical scholars listening to this podcast right now to email me <laughs> to clarify this detail. Because, again, because of it goes like sunset to sunrise, it's actually like half Friday, half Saturday, half Saturday, right, half Sunday. Right, right, exactly. So I'm not sure how that yeah, how do you work is that resolved. Yeah. I told you, like, EM equals MC squared is way simpler than determining when. Right, right, right. I do want to make sure we at least mention, do you know when Chinese New Year's is? Oh, I should know this. Is that no? Are you Chinese? No, 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 no. Isn't that isn't that like isn't that Tet? Whatever, like for for Vietnam, or is that the same? Is that different? I don't have the relationship between the Vietnamese Tet in my lesson plans. But isn't Tet the uh, the Vietnamese New Year? Tet is a Vietnamese holiday. I thought it was the New Year. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying I don't know. Not sure. I will check that and post it to my website later, unless anyone else knows what holiday Tet is supposed to celebrate. I don't know. I just know. Thought the Chinese had something to do with that, but I don't know what time, what day to, or what month or whatever of the year that would be. Well, the Chinese New Year, not quite as mathematically complicated as the Jewish New Year, but they still have that lunar calendar, so it floats around. Whenever the first day of the first month of the Chinese calendar happens to be, is that's what their New Year's will be. The first day of the first month. But, but on the Gregorian calendar that we use, that floats around. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know approximately when it is? Like what time of the year? No idea. <clears throat> no idea. Three shaking heads. No idea. Um, end of January, early February. So close to our new year. Yes, but but floating around a little bit. Hmm. Um, you know that experience we all just shared remind me of, reminds me of what actor and one-time spokesperson for Motel Six, Tom Bodette, once said: "In school, you're taught a lesson and then given a test, and in life, you're given a test that teaches you a lesson." So there, I hope you all learned a lesson. Profound. We would like to take this opportunity to invite you to visit our website, www.goldstarclassroom.com. You'll find an archive of all past and current episodes, a list of all students from past seasons, a photo gallery, links to some of our sponsors, and the all-important donate button. As Benjamin Franklin once said, if you like a podcast, you should support it. And now, back to class. I'd like to do a, a, a short roundtable style question, and this is, I'm going to ask That's you. That's something no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, yes, sir. My Having three guys grasping for answers is that's how this hilarious. Whole show is. It's always <laughs> it's like hilarious. trying to come up with some piece. This of... question is a list, 
And I'm going to ask you this very simple question, and we're going to go around one person at a time until people can know the answers. Okay. We are currently in the state of Ohio, and Ohio has produced eight presidents. Okay. We'll see who can name them one at a time. Dr. Graham, do you know any of the eight presidents from Ohio? That's all I'm interested in is in the names. We're not going to get into presidential history. Hamana, 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 hamana. <laughs> not exactly. Tom, do you know Taft. any Taft? Taft is a president from Ohio. That is one. Five points, Tom Hoffar. I, I know two, and you, you took one of them. Oh, well, just say the one you oh, oh. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was unintentional. Sorry yeah. about that one. Unintentional adult humor involving one of the ten fingers. The other one is, uh, is Hayes that I know. Hayes is one. Yeah, Hayes was born in Fremont, Ohio, which is where I went to high school. That's how I know that. Six points. For Steve Sabo, because it gets harder as you eliminate Yes, names. it does. That's a good point. So are we saying that besides those two? I'm going to go with Grover Cleveland just because of the name. Yeah, that's a good, I was going to say, that's a possible, that's a good guess. That's I minus could... five points. Oh, damn and it. minus ten points for Steve for encouraging him. <laughs> Christopher, <laughs> Christopher <laughs> Columbus. <laughs> Christopher Columbus. <laughs> by, going no, by but, my. But he did, yeah. he did found Columbus, though. No, that wait, is true. If we're going around in circles, though, it's his turn. Right, but we've already so. determined that the three we of you only know. knew two of them, so there's no point <laughs> well, in doing another guess. Story. There's only 42. We can narrow it down Warren to. Warren G. Harding. You know, that's I think that's oh, right. Right. Yeah, that yeah, that's right. You get seven points. Yeah. And he was, I saw him on Boardwalk Empire. That's how he knew. Oh, <laughs> he was apparently elected president because he looked presidential, not because he was terribly smart, from what I've read. Oh. He I had a, was a very large, imposing man. You the one said normalcy? I don't know. I, I did promise you that we wouldn't get into other forms of presidential history, but Harding was famous for being, I thought, one of the men who was like, Prepped to be president. Right. Like people, he elected. I, I do have that nodded down. Harding? Yeah. That 1921. Okay. Mm. He's the one that invented a new word. He said they're going to have a return to normalcy. And at that time, there was no such thing as normalcy. normalcy. But in his huh. acceptance speech, he said we're going to return to normalcy. And all the English teachers have jumped all over that. He <laughs> made up words like George W. Bush did. There you go. You know? And William Shakespeare, three oh. of the great geniuses of our time. <laughs> and Stephen Colbert. Truthiness. <laughs> Truthiness. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How about Polk? Is Polk one? Polk is not one. Damn. Just seems a, a vague enough president yeah. to throw out there. Absolutely. Well, at least one of these other ones, I guarantee you, are very famous. It's sort of a surprise you might not realize that he's associated Fillmore. with Fillmore. Millard Fillmore. William Henry Harrison. Oh, okay. James Garfield. William McKinley. Oh. And I think the most famous name on this list, Ulysses Grant. Oh, he's from he Ohio. He's from Ohio. I didn't yes. know that. Yeah. Oh. Those are the eight... Presidents from Ohio. General Custer is from Monroe. Yeah. That's true. Yep. Big billboard when you drive through Monroe. Yeah, he could have been president, probably. And, and a credit to his class. Yeah. Apparently now, he finished last in his class. Well, remember, they, they graduated everybody well, a year earlier when the Civil War started, so he might have cut those grades up his last year. Oh, really, he could, right. yeah, I'm sure he could have. Yeah. <laughs> and he was at the um, <laughs> surrender of the South. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, that's what they, I, they always talk about. The, he's a Civil War hero. Yes. You know, and then he got... But everybody remembers him for the Indian debacle. Well, when your last famous, when your last important battle is a debacle where you're completely destroyed, that's probably going to be a big stain yeah. on your resume. Yeah, it's not um, good. That's but, not good. Um, I feel like uh, after that, I should make some effort to build up my students' self-esteem. And I have here a list of 101 ways to randomly praise students. And I just wanted to tell you guys, you're important. Wow, I feel better. I don't, I feel, I don't feel like it's sincere, though. No. Are you sincere to you? 
<laughs> he was reading it, so I don't he know. He read it off a sheet that had 99 other ones he could have chosen also. And that's the one he chose. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. Wow. Because don't, I chose. don't suck. <laughs> I chose it because I meant it. It could be worse. And you don't suck. I agree. Um, here's a very famous word. By coincidence, Mr. Sabo alluded to this word a moment ago, but I wonder if you know what it actually means. And that is this. What does the word Aryan mean? Blonde hair and blue eyes. We have a vote for blonde hair and blue eyes. Agree Mas or disagree? Master race. Master, we have two votes. Oh, okay. Dr. Graham has I wasn't sure staked out that. two yeah. different answers. So I like, I like master race better than blonde hair, blue eyes. Okay. I like chosen people. I'll oh, go with that. that's not a bad guess either. Okay, so of course, the word Aryan has evolved into various modern usages when you mentioned neo-Nazis Neo -Nazis. earlier. Yeah. So in the late 20th, 21st century, you see the word Aryan used a lot to identify these groups, the Aryan nation, neo-Nazi Aryans, things this like that. This build-up, I think it's not going to have anything to do with what we guessed. Mm -hmm. Right. It's probably <laughs> it's, has something that's, like, uh, very like, different. Like yeah. faggot is a bundle of twigs. Right. Right. And a fag, <laughs> fag is, is a, a cigarette. cigarette. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Nerds! All right, that's it, Dr. Graham. For that comment, you win today's nerd prize. <laughs> Congratulations, oh, wow. Dr. Graham. Yeah, that's wow. For the nerdiest comment. Of I, for, I forgot yeah. completely about that prize. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't win that one. I uh, was, he almost won it like three other times, by the way. It was just, <laughs> but I couldn't hold back anymore. Um, the word Aryan was made popular in the 1800s by some anthropologists who had a theory, which is now debunked and no one believes, that there was a group of blonde, or let's say fair-haired and fair-skinned hmm. hmm. Indo-Persians. Indo-Persians? Yes, sort of like Eurasians almost. Yeah. That come out of the area region of modern-day Iran and Iraq, Persia, and sort of sweep into India huh. and establish Indian culture, and then sweep into Europe and establish everything that's great about European culture. Huh. So there is this hypothetical master race. So how did the... Yeah, I understand the master race part, yeah. but like, how did these blonde-haired, fair-skinned people come from that part of the country? Yeah. Well, needless, or, or the, or the world, needless to say, it was a European <laughs> yeah. anthropologist who came up with this idea, and it does feel like, even though the original sort of scientists were not neo-Nazis, it does seem like they're grasping for a theory that would show why... European culture is better than the other cultures in the world. Hitler thought the people gotcha. of Afghanistan were the chosen people from the Bible, not the Jews. That's what they mean, the Aryan. Really? Yeah. yeah. You know, James Mitchner is right. Now, Mitchner usually researches books pretty well. When I read Caravans, yeah. Mitchner's telling history. So Hitler declared the people of Afghanistan as the chosen people. Well, then why was he trying to run uh, Germany as opposed to <laughs> Afghanistan? Yeah. Because yeah. the Jews and the Aryans were separate. Or the chosen people were separate in his mind. It was just... Uh, Having Aryan super race, he was building had nothing to do with the chosen people. He just wanted to get the chosen people image away from the Jews and put on somebody he could gotcha. really control. Gotcha. So he, he was just—he's just so anti-Jew that he decided to These say guys are they don't even get people. that. But his, people. wasn't his mother Jewish? Well, that was a rumor. Uh, uh, I don't think so. I read a lot about Hitler, and uh, there was rumors. His, his real name was Schnickel Gruber. Schnickel Gruber, yeah. Schnickel Gruber. One wonders how successful he would have been as a, as a world dictator if people had to walk around saying, Heil Schnickel Gruber. That's exactly right. <laughs> Not like, nearly, President, yeah. like President Obama said, he says, whoever named me Barack Hussein Obama wasn't planning on me running for president. <laughs> um, the, when these anthropologists came up with the word Aryan to describe their 
the, this race they were imagining. Um, the word Aryan actually comes from Sanskrit because they were looking at Indian culture, mm-hmm. and that's an actually an old word, the original Sanskrit word. Do you have any idea what that word means? Like it means something specific. Aryan. It, it doesn't mean master race or white or Nazi. It like just has an old traditional meaning. Well, the first thing that was coming to my head, and it's not going to have anything to do with it, but Aryan sounded like avian, so I thought it had something with bird reference to it. It but. may indirectly, actually, but uh, to, mm. to, to cut to the chase, it comes from the old Sanskrit word that means noble. Noble. And birds are sometimes described as noble, so that's yeah. why I thought there actually might be a connection. Mm. I was going to say pure of heart. So pure of heart? Kind of yes. In that same well, I'll give you five so, retroactive uh, points. Retroactive points. For having a good idea that you never actually said. <laughs> um, you do a lot of that. It's like I was going to say. Yeah, exactly. It's your jeopardy, right? And then by the time it got to Nazi ideology, then it was like slightly like it perverted further into a master race ideology and associated with the Nordic sort of Northern European mm-hmm. Viking powerful blonde men type, led by type. a guy with dark hair yeah. and a cheesy mustache. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was short of stature. Yes. Yes, he may well have been one of the greatest orators in history oh, to yeah. look like that and then convince people of that. Yeah. Yes. Now, as I, it's come to the part of the class where I calculate your final grades. Uh-oh. But in order to do this, <laughs> I'm going to give you one more chance to improve your grades with extra credit. And by extra credit, I'm going to give you a topic. And as my students listening at home know, I do not tell you the topic ahead of time. I'm going to tell you fresh surprise topic right now. And we're going to go around, and you tell the class something you know about this topic. Oh. All right? All right. You understand the rules? Sure. Tell us, what do you know about the Olympics? Any fact, factoid, history, trivia, having to do with the Olympics? Would you like to go first? Well, I I don't know. You looked at me right and you said it, so I didn't know if it was I think I read left to right, and you're on my left. So I just sort of started here, but I was going to give it one of these. Most people read left to right. That's... No. Kind of the way we're... Just in America they do, but... Right, well, I guess you're right. I guess... Yeah. I'm Five points for valid, me for being right. Valid points. <laughs> I didn't know you valid were going to run it. <laughs> if you win this competition today, I'm going to be... It would really be historic because it's yes. never happened before. I actually know many things about the Olympics, but I don't know uh, how many you're supposed to give. Supposed well, to give what's the most interesting fact or trivia that you know about the Olympics? The most interesting yeah. fact and trivia? Surprise us. Uh, let's see, that, uh, it started off in, in, in Greece, uh, mm-hmm. it was, wrestling was one of the very first, uh, sports, mm-hmm. and they did it in the nude. All right. I thought that was interesting. A nice image for we radio. We tried that in Hammond, Indiana, they locked us up. <laughs> <laughs> Stories from the road. <laughs> Tom, do you have any fact or I know that Olympics? one Olympic, and I'm not sure which year it was, was, um, Canceled due to the war, I believe, wasn't it? No, no, no. I'm sorry. No. Oh, uh, it's a okay. war. It's got to do with the war, though. Jesse Owens okay. was yeah. a black, yeah. uh, right. track guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he um, he embarrassed Hitler in the Berlin right. Olympics. Yes. Because he beat everybody else's butt. Right. Yeah. And the Correct. second place guy was a German. And, oh, and Jesse yeah. Owens nipped him at the wire. That's uh, a lot. Of, but I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Yes. When the press asked Hitler, wasn't that kind of rude to get up and leave after the event? 
He said, I didn't leave because of the dentist. It was raining. It started to rain. I wanted to get out of the rain. That was, I don't know if it was really raining or not, but that was his excuse to the <laughs> right. press when they called him out on it. Right, right, said, right. It had nothing to do with the dentist. It started to rain. I well, that listen. was back in the day when the press would call people out on things. Yeah, well, <laughs> they don't do that anymore. The press <laughs> oh, now no. is not new. There's no more uh, fourth estate. I think there's, no, there's no more investigation. I see stuff all around me that should be addressed and it's not. Oh, I, I have that same argument all the time. Yeah. It's like, is, nobody's going to say anything? Nobody's going to say anything. <laughs> no. I just, okay, I yeah. guess, I guess, yeah. okay. We're on the same page because I've, I've mm -hmm. seen a lot of things politically and in business and so on and so forth that screams of uh, investigative reporters. Oh, I agree. One of my best friends is an investigative reporter for the Washington Post now, which is, you know, the Watergate. They're still in there. Mm -hmm. I gave him something I thought was really hot. He wasn't a bit interested in it. Oh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, was your story about Hitler your Olympic trivia, or do you want to add something else? Well, the only thing I like to add is from what started back in thousands of years ago, and mm -hmm. that was re rekindled in the 1890s, I believe, it's become pretty politicized now. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, for example, my friend right here, Greg Wojciechowski, made the Olympic team in 1972, and they pulled him off the team and put another guy in his place because they wanted this guy to win in both freestyle and Greco. And oh. to make the team and then have be pulled off because somebody wants to try a, I mean, he didn't beat Greg in a wrestle-off. Right, right. They just said, right. They just said you're, you're off the team. And uh, the guy won a silver medal freestyle. Greg was the Greco. And he lost the gold medal by one point. I'm saying if he didn't have four or five Greco matches on top of that, he may even have the energy to get that extra point. There you go. Right, from, yeah. From the Russian. And then in 1980... Uh, Things really went bad when Jimmy Carter boycotted the Olympics, which the Olympics yeah. is supposed to be bringing people That's together. One. That was what I was thinking about. That was yeah, Russia, right? Together. Yeah, the yeah. Russia boycotted us in '84, yeah. so finally the Olympic yeah. Committee put their foot down. Anybody that boycotts now can never come back to the Olympics. So no matter what's okay. going on, if you boycott, you're out forever. That's the new, hmm. new adage. But yeah, it's been politicized. I'm not even interested anymore in it. Uh, well, I did not know about the like the ban on the boycotting, mm -hmm. and I with I that extra bit of um, a thought nugget. The winner of today's golden banana is Dr. Jerry Graham. Oh, man. Wow. Why is that? I, I didn't say anything. I don't, I don't know it. <laughs> I don't deserve that. Man. These two young men here should deserve it. They're going to go to their resumes. I'm, I'm not going to apply for a job. I'm an old man. I'm so old, when a girl tells me no, I'm grateful. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, these guys need that. They can say they want the gold banana. That's the classroom. <laughs> In fairness, well, I have won one before, so I, you know. I could be a two-time winner. But I didn't win last time. I thought I was the best one last time. <laughs> didn't you win last time? I don't know. <laughs> I thought Chili Chalice had the best thing. What's the most dangerous job there is? He says, wearing a red shirt in Star Trek. Oh, I, thought, I, thought, I never forgot that one. That was really... And being called crewman number one. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. never good. You're finished. Well, I, I would just like to say that I run a strict 19th century style classroom, and I decide who the winner is, okay. not the yeah. students and not democracy. Or I'm math. The authority apparently. figure. No math. There's no math involved. <laughs> and thus, it remains <laughs> for me your host and headmaster, Dr. Jerry Joffe, to thank you, my students, Steve Sabo. Thank you. Tom Hoffbauer. It was a pleasure. Dr. Jerry Graham. The pleasure is all yours. Indeed. <laughs> and my students listening at home, thank you. Gold Star Classroom is written and produced by Jerry Joffe. Our producer and engineer is Steven Gutierrez. Original music composed and produced by Jeff Geddert. Mr. Geddert is also our assistant producer. All commentary and opinions expressed by guests of Gold Star Classroom are meant for entertainment purposes only. For Gold Star Classroom, I'm Jerry Jaffe.